welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. At the Ohio State House today, House Bill 68 had a hearing in the Government Oversight Committee in the Ohio Senate. State Senator Christina Rogner chairs that committee, and we want you to call your Ohio State Senator and urge them to support House Bill 68, the Ohio SAFE Act, which would ban the transgender radical agenda uh, from being pushed in Ohio schools. It would uh, ban the use of uh, hormonal treatments of transitioning children uh, from one sex to the other, uh, hormone blockers, and uh, this will be a safeguard. This is only for minors. This doesn't uh, deal with adults, but it's Ohio Safe Act, House Bill 68. It's in the Ohio Senate. Again, State Senator um, Christina Rogner is the chair of that committee. State Representative Gary Click introduced the bill earlier this year. It has passed the Ohio House. It's now in the Ohio Senate. We need this to get passed in the Ohio Senate and sent to Governor DeWine's desk. And so uh, we're going to listen to an interview I conducted with State Representative Gary Click on this topic earlier this year. But good news is the bill is moving. Let's take a listen to Representative Gary Click. Well, thank you, Chris. And, and I want to say as we start, thank you for everything that you do uh, with the Ohio Christian Alliance, just to get the good word out on this bill, other bills like it, and just to take a stand for what's right in our state, to protect young people, to advance the cause of righteousness. Listen, we just we need more people like you out there doing this. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Representative. And this is the second time that you've introduced this legislation. In fact, last uh, May, it's been it's coming up almost on a year now. And I saw the right. hearings online. And uh, when you heard the testimony of those who came in to basically talk about their own personal experience um, of transitioning and then de- uh, transitioning back to their born identity of their gender. Uh, I tell you, it was heart-wrenching, Gary, and it was a great job on your part and the sponsors of this bill to bring those in uh, so the committee could hear in real time what people have actually experienced and, quite honestly, how they were exploited in a time of need when they needed some counseling to help them to strengthen them in their personal identity, and they may have had other comorbidities going on at the same time in their life. Uh, and I think science will prove that out in the studies, uh, that these are people that are vulnerable to begin with, and then there are those who exploit them to actually bring in this kind of gender confusion into their life. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And when the enemy brings in that kind of confusion on someone of their very basic nature of who God designed us to be, male and female, and um, that that's where real trouble begins. Explain to us how this bill that you're introducing will at least protect our minors here in the state of Ohio and our school children. And thank you for doing it. Well, thank you, Chris. So the Ohio SAFE Act, it's HB 68, it was 454 last year, and it prohibits the the concept or the idea or the practice, actually, of giving hormone blockers and cross-sex hormones to children, as well as it prohibits any surgeries to the children. Um, and, you know, the... The Children's Hospital Association, and same on them, uh, they were they were really pushing hard against this bill. 
And the reason they push hard against this bill is because they make so much money out of exploiting these children. They want to say they want to act like they don't make money off of it. But the reality is, is Vanderbilt University Hospital was exposed for this and talking about how much money they made off of each procedure and the follow-up procedures. Uh, Dr. Rachel Levine, the uh, the who is part of the Biden administration, there are emails that came out recently about how he, yes, he uh, was out there advocating and talking about the return on investment, even if the children don't transition to adulthood. But if you can capture them in this as a minor, uh, it's a big problem. And so we're starting off with the hormone blockers. We want to block hormone blockers. Uh, I didn't think about how that would come out, but blocking the blockers. Uh, and the reason we want to block that is because the hormone blockers is was given to children when they start Tanner stage two of puberty, and it interrupts their brain development right off the bat. That's the first thing they want to do. Now, the truth is, Chris, that 85 to 95% of kids who go through puberty, their gender dysphoria, their gender identity disorder will resolve naturally. And many kids have gender identity disorder for various reasons, uh, and it's not, the, but the one reason it never is is because it's a boy's spirit trapped in a girl's body or vice versa. Many times they have other comorbidities. Almost always they have comorbidities such as anxiety, uh, depression, autism, um, ADHD, and there's something else that's going on, and this uh, gender dysphoria becomes the escape for this whatever mental health issue that they're dealing with. So we should not belittle those children. We should not think poorly of those children. We should love those children. In fact, there have been many instances where the child struggles with this because they are, have suffered from abuse uh, from someone and maybe someone close to them, maybe someone not, uh, whether it's sexual abuse or just violence or something uh, such as that that enters into their life, and this becomes their escapism or their route out. There are times when the, it's the result of FDIA, which is factitious disorder and another uh, that used to be called Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And uh, someone in their life, there's a, a lady by the name of Amber Bingle who describes how her daughter uh, told her that she was really a boy from the womb. And uh, that appears on a TED Talk. And so it's sometimes it's the mothers or the parents who are imposing this on their children I would not say every time, but there's many reasons a child suffers from this. But if they go through puberty naturally, 85 to 95% of them will self-resolve. But when you put them on puberty blockers, you disallow them from going through that natural process, that natural remedy, and that natural cure. And then what happens is the, the physicians and the counselors will put them on cross-sex hormones or opposite-sex hormones or, uh, more appropriately, wrong-sex hormones, which will further confuse that child. And uh, each time they go through this, there's a sense of euphoria that the child uh, gains in, in opposition to the dysphoria. You know, euphoria good, dysphoria bad. And so they get that sense of euphoria, but that euphoria wears off after a while. And then we have right here in Ohio, we have proof of this in Ohio, uh, young girls as, as young as 16 years old are getting double mastectomies, uh, and sometimes even after only one visit in counseling. And uh, that's horrendous 
you know, and we ha- we just recently had Chloe Cole. Now Chloe's from California; she's not from Ohio, but science is the same. The experience is the same, no matter what state you're in. And uh, she went through this. They were giving her testosterone from the age of 12, and then uh, at the age of 15, they gave her the double mastectomy. And then at the age of 16, she she kind of wakes up a little bit and she says, "What did you allow me to do?" And she began, and it was in a biology class where they were talking about you know, mother's breastfeeding, and she thought, you know what, I'll never be able to do that. And uh, and so she began to uh, detrans, and, and and she went back to her birth sex and so forth, and at the age of 17, she came to Ohio and testified. We were the first place that she testified. Now you can see her everywhere, all over the nation. She was just at CPAC recently speaking on this topic. And then I had her back uh, via Zoom just uh, about a week ago, to uh, do a video interview with me, along with uh, a lady named Kelly from Ohio who suffered gender dysphoria as a child. And we did that to bring attention to uh, D-Trans Awareness Day, which is March the 12th every year. And, in fact, we offered a, a bill uh, this, this last week on uh, D- to name March 12th as D-Trans Awareness Day uh, every year. Well, we're talking with State Representative Gary Click of the 88th District. He's from the Fremont area. Uh, he's also a pastor, and as I've told him, his highest calling will always be that he's pastor and uh, the call of God. But he right. is bringing his morals and his uh, principles to the state house, and that's what we need men and women to do. You know, the legislature is made up of attorneys and uh, retired school teachers and businessmen, and there ought to be a few preachers down there. So uh, thank mm-hmm. God we've had a few of you over the last few years. And, Gary, i got to tell you, uh, you you take the heart of the children because you know in the ministry that you're in, uh, you know obviously pastoring men and women, doing funerals, weddings, uh, Christ, you know uh, uh, you know obviously dedic- child dedications and baptisms. You know we see our young people, and you have a vibrant youth ministry. You have a Christian school, and it breaks your heart to see what our children are facing these days with the, this dysphoria of the age. Uh, basically, Satan's lie upon a generation. And basically, it is to really fight back against God. What's the very nature of who we are as individuals? Well, the very basic question to man, who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> you know, where yeah. am I going? Well, uh, who am I? Well, God made us male and female, created he them. And he made us in, in his image. So to to alter that is to take is to destroy to attempt to destroy the image of God as he's made men and women each in their roles distinctively and i i tell you it just so far listeners and i i've got to say also you know as a, as an older ohioan i never thought we'd be facing these kinds of things right. but you know i right. i thank god that you're down there and you've really schooled yourself on a number of the terms and uh, to into the science of it and the study. And, of course, in America, we're just now experiencing this as it's exploding on the scene. And, by the way, I had Linda Harvey of Mission America on my radio program recently where she said, Chris, it's not 2 or 3%. We now have among our young people, because of the pro- promulgation of this kind of uh, theory and philosophy right. and socialization, now it's 14 to 15 percent of our young wow. people identify as LGBTQ. So 
This thing is big, folks, and we need to get out in front of it. Thank God we have 40 co-sponsors supporting the SAFE Act, House Bill 68. Representative, you you will be having a hearing. Obviously, a sponsor hearing will eventually be coming, and then uh, proponent testimony. What will this look like this year? Uh, Last year, you did stellar. I mean, you had some great folks came in. And and really, thank God for these brave men and women to come in and testify to tell about their own stories, because it's so heart-wrenching, and it's very personal. And even some of the moms and dads whose hearts have been broken of their young people that have uh, there were, you know, the school was advising them this. They ran away right. their minors, and it's like they altered their children's bodily functions. I mean, it's it's horrible. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, first of all, let me just say, Chris, we would invite anyone that you're listening to the audience that has a personal experience with this to reach out to us, because it happens to people of all sorts, and, and Christians, and, as well as anyone else. And so please reach out at REP, that's Rep 88 at ohiohouse.gov and, and tell us your story uh, and we'd like to incorporate you into this but one of the things that we know and, and also if you're a physician or a professional but it's hard many times to get people to testify in these things because it's, it's kind of scary standing up in front of people and and telling your story and we run into that and I, I, I know some other folks right here in Ohio that have considered testifying and they say well you know I just want to focus forward and I don't want to relive the past, and we don't try to coerce anyone into it. But there are people who are really have experienced that, and and really they talk about having PTSD from it, uh, from those experiences, and from being lied to, and from the abuse and so forth. And uh, they want to move on. But we have great support here in the house. The last GA was more of an educational time, bringing people up to speed on this difficult subject. We had 25 co-sponsors last year. And uh, they all thought that was that was big, but this year we got forty. We only need fifty votes to pass it, and so and I know there are people who did not uh, co-sponsor it, but they have told me they support it, and that they will be there for us, and that we can get this across the finish line and into the Senate, into the House, and then uh, I believe the governor will sign this. And, and there's and been a number of others. Yeah, there's been a number of other states recently that have taken action. I believe Tennessee, uh, Utah. Uh, what are some of the other states that are moving forward with this kind of well, legislation? Well, I know it, it just passed. Yeah, it was several states. I know it just passed in Kentucky uh, from the House. Now it's in the Senate, and they're a little concerned in, in the Senate. Uh, Kelly, who was on the video we just did, uh, she went down there and testified. They saw the video, and, and I don't know if you're able. Maybe you want to put that video in your show notes uh, for the podcast. But uh, there, or you can just check out my social media or my YouTube, and the video is there where we talked with uh, Chloe. But we also I, we Chloe. are going to put that up on our website, and we will put it in an yeah. email, and we'll also have the written testimony. Last year, of Helena Kirshner, she her testimony was fantastic, and oh, she was my, from Cincinnati, twenty three year old, and I I tell you, yeah. it was very she was very well spoken. So she was we'll tremendously have, well spoken, and, and here's the thing that happened. Uh, Chris, is in testimony. We actually had one of the Democrats just blow up at her. So I don't know why we're even talking about this. It's a small number. It's insignificant. Well, it might be insignificant if it's not you, but when it's you and when it's your body that's been destroyed and your life that's been destroyed and your children and your family has been destroyed, it's not insignificant. And they try to minimize the experiences of these young people. And I've had to say, you know, how many children are you willing to sacrifice for your own ideology. Uh, there is no, this is contraindicated by science and by medicine 
but they want to push their ideology on these kids for their own ideological purposes. It's horrible. Yeah, and thank God they're in the minority, uh, you know, because uh, that reasoning is just ridiculous to even say that to those people that came in the room so bravely and shared their testimonies of uh, what the tragedy is of this whole thing. And, of course, they're there to speak for the narrative of, uh, you know, a very... Um, the transition, you know, uh, transition LGBTQ agenda, meaning the Democrats. Right. And you know what, folks, we're just going to call them out. When a lie is a lie, we're going to call it out. We're going to tell you what the truth is. And, you know, uh, look, it's it's funny, Gary. You know, it's like I've had people from the time I was uh, saved, uh, a man that came out of the homosexual lifestyle. Yeah, he was actually uh, one of the ones who led our Bible study way back then. Uh, you know, they cheer me on in the work that we do all yeah. these years later. Um, we've had uh, former homosexuals on our, our on our board. You know, that's a, you know, and the point of it is people come out of these lifestyles uh, because, right. as Paul said, such were some of you. But we've never seen the ability now where medical science is willing to alter the medical or the physical being of women and, and castration of young people. Uh, thank God for Walsh right. is out there. He's out there uh, basically blowing this thing up. But we do have doctors right. in this state. Uh, one of the things that your committee did was outed one of the medical practices in Columbus, uh, just right. by testimony, that was actually doing this. Tell us about that. Well, they weren't only doing this. Uh, they were actually exposing children to pornography as well. And, uh, and the, so it was Nationwide Hospital was doing this. They put the kids out there. They had a special website, and they were linking them uh, to uh, this group that would also link them to, you know, sex toys and videos about how to, uh, you know, perform fellatio and how to strip tease and things like that. And uh, they were, you know, we they we were we exposed them for that in committee, and ironically, they didn't take it down until a week later when the Columbus dispatch called and they said, Hey, we want to do a story on this. We sent them all the links and they followed the links and, and, you know, congratulations to Haley B. Miller from the dispatch. She covered it honestly. And, uh, she, I asked her, I said, did you follow the link? She said, yes. I said, what'd you think? She says, well, I thought it was disturbing. And so we don't always get the press to work with us on our side, but she saw it for what it was and she exposed it. And when she exposed it, they took it down. Uh, because the press made something out of it. But the hard part is, Chris, is the, the press, uh, and I, I won't speak for every reporter, but many of the reporters, they don't want to cover this. They didn't want to, They don't want to interview Chloe. Uh, I had Scott Nugent here. Scott is actually a female uh, who transitioned at the age of 42, was featured in Matt Walsh's video, What is a Woman? And uh, and and we don't talk, talk, we're not tackling stuff that people do when they're adults. We're not tackling uh, their their sexual preferences. Uh, we're not tackling you know whether they're gay, lesbian, or bi. The fact is, is, many of the gay and lesbian people are the ones who are the victims of this. And you know, Scott says he's a lesbian trans man. Well, Scott used to be a beautiful woman named Kelly, but uh, her partner didn't want to be known as a lesbian, so she talked Scott into transitioning, or Kelly into transitioning into Scott. And then when it was all said and done, left Scott. And and so many of these, I'm just reading a book right now that just came out because in England and other places, they're shutting these clinics down. And one of the things that they say is the cause of it is actually uh, homophobia, which I, you know, I don't necessarily buy into that word, but 
for what we're talking about here, you can understand this, is that there are parents who actually look at the children and say, I would have rather have a straight trans child than a gay son or a lesbian daughter. And so parents are sometimes using this as a form of conversion therapy. Uh, and so use, the victims of this are, are people who are sometimes same-sex attracted, and they're told, well, rather than be same-sex attracted, you just need to change your sex. And, and it's a wicked world we're in where you can't just love somebody. You know, I'm not saying anything that you wouldn't think I'd say, but you got to be able to love people, not tell them they got to go get surgery in order to be themselves. It's not authentic if it requires a syringe and a scalpel. We're talking with State Representative Gary Click of Ohio's 88th District, and we're talking about the SAFE Act. And it has uh, 40 co-sponsors in the Ohio House, and this will protect our minor children from the transitioning or the transgender movement. Uh, Gary, what we see with the Biden administration in public schools is actually trying to indoctrinate our children from a very early age. And the uh, Department of Education under the Biden administration has been pushing these materials. So this is happening with uh, parents in real time of what it's actually kind of exploded during the Biden administration. Uh, they get federal dollars into the school districts, and they're pushing the agenda. Your thoughts on that? Well, not only are they pushing the agenda, they're tell- they were telling uh, the people that if they did not participate in that agenda, that they would lose their milk money, and they take away, you know, the uh, the free lunches for kids in their schools. And what kind of a bully does that? You know, I spoke up at the State Board of Education on that, took a bottle of milk in there with me, and I said, who steals milk, milk money from kids? Presidents do, don't do that. Punks do that. And uh, not everybody liked that I had that to say, but we have to stand up for our kids, Chris, and that's what you're doing, and that's what I'm doing. And the fact is, is you know, and I, I'm careful how I present this um, because really we know what the Bible says, but we don't have, you know, in, in church, that's great. And here I avoid the religious connotations because, of, you know, people are going to want to say I'm pushing my religion, and that's a great way to get this bill overturned. And the, the truth is, is, you know, if God says it, then it's also true scientifically. And so we use the scientific evidence to support this bill because the science is there. Uh, there is no science that tells us. They all want to say, I'm pushing my religion. And I say, you're the ones with the religion here. You're the ones that believe a boy's spirit is in a girl's body or vice versa. I'm just going by the science. Your DNA never changes. You know, it's either X, X or XY. You cannot change that. It's impossible to change that. And everything that you do, I mean, listen, these, these boys who take this to become girls, they have a loss of bone density. Many of them have osteoporosis. These girls, their spines are not fusing together. Uh, they have a higher risk of heart attacks, stroke, cancer. They have lifelong complications. Scott Nugent has infections all the time, all the time. Scott was experiencing an infection when she was here. And just the health complications and the health risks do not justify what they are doing, but it's more profit-driven. They make money off of it, and they're pushing the agenda. They are not looking out for the best interests of these children, which is why the Tapas stock is closing down in London. It's why they're closing these clinics down in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Finland. It's why they're closing them down in France. It's why they're closing them down in Sweden. Everywhere that was got there before we did, they're looking at the results 
this is the most, well, to me, one of the most significant results is that you are... 19, that's right. And that's why we're going to shut it down here in right. Ohio. We're going to shut it down here right. in Ohio. We're going to rally around House Bill 68, the SAFE Act, with Representative Gary Click. Thank you, Representative, for being our guest today on the program. Thank you, Chris. God bless you, my friend. We'll be praying for you. And Likewise. Thank you, and thank you all for listening. If you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. And we'll also have the testimonies up of these people as well on this issue. America is kept safe because the Army National Guard responds, protects, and supports our nation when it needs them most. From fighting wildfires with air support, helping civilians in flooded neighborhoods, to delivering food and supplies to those who have lost everything, the Army National Guard always responds when disaster strikes. The Army National Guard also trains to be ever vigilant against threats, foreign and domestic. They protect our skies with missile defense weaponry. They secure our information, communications and infrastructure with cybersecurity. And they protect us against chemical, biological and radiological hazards with the civilian support team. The Army National Guard also stands ready to deploy and provide support for conflicts or humanitarian missions abroad. Join the Army National Guard and be there to respond, protect, and support your community and your country. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. This is Chris Long, host of News and Focus, announcing my new book, For Their Honor, how the D-Day prayer was added to the World War II Memorial. This book tells the 11-year story of how one of the largest mass prayers in history was added to the World War II Memorial. The D-Day prayer was one of FDR's fireside chats, but it stands alone as an incredible moment in American history. The date was June 6, 1944. Operation Overlord, the D-Day invasion of Western France, was already underway by the Allied nations. News reports throughout the day were released from General Eisenhower's headquarters with short statements but with few details on what was happening with the landings and on the beaches of France. The American public anxiously awaited throughout the day to hear from President Roosevelt for more details on the historic invasion. What they heard that evening was a president inviting them to join him in prayer. This book will inspire and encourage your faith. You can order yours today at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. It will make a great Christmas gift. The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And we're glad that you're with us on this special segment of News and Focus as we have a, a very big announcement to share with you. And that is the book that uh, I've been writing this past year about how the D-Day prayer was added to the World War II Memorial. It was an 11-year journey uh, that you know that we worked on, and it, of course it was accomplished as it was dedicated this last June. The book is called For Their Honor. And in celebration of Veterans Day that we just observed over the weekend, but we're continuing here as we only broadcast once a week here on the on the program, uh, on the station. But we want to share with you uh, these veterans' thoughts of the book that was released for their honor. Let me read to you a little bit about the book. It says, this book was written to tell the 11-year story of how one of the largest mass prayers in history 
was added to the World War II Memorial. The D-Day prayer was one of FDR's fireside chats, but it stands alone as an incredible moment in American history. The date was June 6, 1944. Operation Overlord, the D-Day invasion of Western France, was already underway by the Allied nations. News reports throughout that day were released from General Eisenhower's headquarters with short statements, but with few details of what was happening on the landings and on the beaches of France. The American public anxiously awaited to hear from the president of what uh, the details were of the invasion. What they heard that night was the president inviting them to join him in prayer. That is what we know as the D-Day prayer. It was 9.57 p.m. June 6th. That evening was actually D-Day plus one over in in France, Uh, but uh, he rallied the nation to pray with him. And, of course, prayer gatherings broke out all across the country as people understood the significance of the moment and the need for prayer. Well, we're that at that place again in our nation's history. We need prayer for our country, and we can see the saber rattling around the world. We see what's happening in Israel and what's happening in Ukraine, and of course uh, the, the tensions in the South Pacific uh, you have uh, with Taiwan and China uh, trying to uh, take back Taiwan, and it is an independent nation. And so we see that there's Storm clouds, again, as there was 80 years ago, we've had a long time of world peace. There's been wars and rumors of wars all these years, but there has not been a world conflict, and we pray that there won't be. But uh, that's why we want to share with you this wonderful book, For Their Honor. How can you obtain it? You can go to our website at ohioca.org. That's the Ohio Christian Alliance website. It's also available on Barnes and Noble, uh, Noble and Amazon. You can just look up For Their Honor, written by Christopher Long, and it's also on our website, both the print and ebook version. Well, this last week I had the great opportunity to be interviewed by TCT Television about the book uh, with our good friends Judge Brown and Tom Nolan, and we're going to go to that right now, and then we're going to close out today's program with FDR as he prayed with the nation on June 6, 1944, the D-Day prayer. Let's take a listen to the interview with Tom and Judge. Some things have changed. Wars change. Leaders change. Reasons for fighting change. Locations of the battles change. Weapons change. But some things don't change. Dedication doesn't change. Loyalty doesn't change. Sacrifice doesn't change. Honor doesn't change. Love doesn't change. And God never changes. On this special day we set aside to honor our veterans, we say, God bless you, and thank you. Well, welcome back, and we continue to honor and celebrate our veterans today, throughout this weekend, and really something that we should do all the time as we continue to celebrate the freedoms that uh, don't come freely. And there are people that have uh, paid the highest price for us to have this opportunity, as I mentioned, to have the freedom of speech, to have the freedom of religion, and every other 
freedom that we have in this country. But today we're joined by Chris Long, uh, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance is one organization. That's how we originally uh, got connected here at the uh, uh, Akron Cleveland station many years ago, um, but uh, also uh, president of the Christian Alliance of America, um, also involved in the D-Day Prayer Project, have the book for their honor. and. Uh, we are thankful for all you do uh, to represent Christian values and to uh, help preserve those freedoms uh, for Christians um, here in the state of Ohio as well as nationally. Absolutely. And so uh, welcome to the program. Welcome, well, thank welcome. you, Tom. Thank you, Judge. It's good to be with you. And what a, a fitting uh, opportunity to launch the book for their honor. Uh, it's a book written about the 11 year journey of adding FDR's D-Day prayer at the World War II Memorial. And when we say for their honor, the real joy was meeting the veterans along the way through that whole 11 year process of many of the greatest generation that we met at the World War II Memorial as we were gathering signatures and building advocacy for the prayer, first getting it through Congress, uh, then raising the funds and sweating it out a little bit. You know what that's like uh, paying for the bills here at TCT, right? But what it is, it's a faith walk, really. And, and in the end, God put together a wonderful gift for us to be able to add that prayer. We needed $2 million, and the Lord miraculously provided that through a grant. And uh, the senator and I, Senator Portman, who was the sponsor of the bill in the U.S. Senate, were very emotional on the phone together. Both of our fathers served in World War II. And he called me that day, so I wanted to tell you personally, Chris, that the Lilly Endowment came forward with a $2 million grant. And so we were able to launch and finally get the prayer in the ground. It was dedicated this last June. So when you go to Washington and you see the World War II Memorial, go through the Atlantic Arch, and over to the left, you will see what is called a prayer for the nation. And it is FDR's D-Day prayer that he prayed with the nation on June 6, 1944. It was actually 9.57 p.m. that evening that he went to the airwaves. And uh, all through the, the day, they were getting reports that the invasion had begun. So just short little news clips uh, came across the wire. But people began instinctively to enter prayer chapels and synagogues and begin to pray for our troops uh, that were liberating Europe and they were on the beaches of France and no one really knew the details. So they anticipated listening carefully to the radio that night. You know, FDR had a custom called the fireside chats uh, during his presidency and people would listen to him during these broadcasts. Well, the FDR D-Day prayer is a fireside chat like no other because it was that evening when they tuned in to hear the president, what more details he would give them, he asked them to join him in prayer. And that's what's great. He had the whole nation's attention. It's estimated over 100 million people worldwide heard the president as he went to the airwaves that night to pray with the nation for the liberation of Europe, but for all of our troops who were serving on battlefields all over the world at that time in the Pacific and in the European theater and, of course, in Italy in the Mediterranean, uh, but their reliance was upon God. We could use that today, right? Amen. Amen. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. You know, and I remember uh, when this was dropped into your heart and you begin to share this and bring the idea and what a project it took. But just back up for a minute and talk about why God put that in your heart. I mean, what was so, what was so unique about that that initiated this, this several year journey to make this happen? Well, we talk on this program, right, about listening, listening to the Lord. I woke up one morning with an idea. I turned to my wife, I said, I got an idea, don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna ask uh, Congressman Bill Johnson to offer legislation to add FDR's D-Day prayer to World War II Memorial. Well, we were aware of the monument. Of course, I've taken my father there. It was dedicated in 2004, um, and we took him a couple of times, but 
there was something missing on the monument. It was a great tribute to the 16 million Americans who served us in World War II, but it didn't have a prayer, a scripture verse, or a reference to God anywhere on it. Well, that's unique in Washington if you go to the Library of Congress, the U.S. Capitol, Washington Monument, right. the Lincoln Memorial, the Jefferson Memorial. They all have prayers, scripture verses, or reference to God. This was omitted. And it didn't escape the attention of these veterans who would go to that area of the wall that was FDR's uh, proclamation of war on, de on December 8th, 1941, just after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. He ended that speech with, so help us God. And they said, hey, it's missing the four most important words. And so when we told the veterans of this idea, they said, young man, get it done. Well, I was a little younger then, okay? It took 11-year journey to get this done, right? And of course, they're older men. They were in their 80s at that time, and now they're in their late 90s, those of, that are still with us. And we do have members of the World War II generation still with us. But on this broadcast, when we're honoring our veterans, I want to share with everyone yes. something that you need to do. Just say this to veterans and your family, your friends, and, and in your uh, little universe, say, um, thank you for your service. Just thank them for their service. Whenever they served, if they were Gulf War veterans, if they were uh, Vietnam veterans, thank those veterans who served us in time of peace. Thank those veterans for their service. It means so much to them and their families. Well, I know when you posted the picture, uh, when that was actually put in place and it was there, I could just see this glow on your face okay. to see this project completed. But it's, it's more than just adding another something in Washington, but it's really making a proclamation of our faith and how our faith guided us in our history. Absolutely. And what I love is to watch, you know, it's, it's funny, there's a little, and we'll tell it in the book for their honor, uh, when Sylvia and I, my wife, got the opportunity to see the monument. It's been an 11-year journey, right? Uh, we thought this wasn't going to get done maybe within a few years, but it was, uh, took a few years to get it through Congress. And then there was a whole story behind that and how God worked. I mean, unanimous consent in the U.S. Sev uh, Senate, that's almost impossible. That's 100 senators agreeing on one thing. When was the last time you heard that? <laughs> well, happen, there's right? a miracle. <laughs> there's a miracle. And then President Obama, he signed it on June 30th of that year. He originally, his administration opposed it, but then he went ahead and signed it, which was great, right? And so, but then the story begins of how you go about adding this prayer, and you get involved with the Park Service and the Friends of the World War II right. Memorial, and you have to raise the money privately. It can't be paid for by tax dollars, but by private donations. And so we were off on another journey, right? Well, the book tells all about that for their honor. And uh, by the way, that book is available on our website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Or it can be available on Amazon as well, both the ebook and the print version. And, uh, you know, get your copy and actually give it to a veteran. You, because what it does is it tells the stories of veterans we met along the way. And we met some incredible veterans that were involved in both the European and the Pacific theater of operation. And um, this prayer will continue to tell their story for generations to come. It's a permanent addition. And what I love is to watch the young people and the families walking by and they see the title, A Prayer for the Nation. They're like, what's this? And then to watch them go over and young people want to read the prayer out loud. It's all 515 words of the prayer that he gave in that broadcast that day. And to watch these people's response to the addition of this prayer, I thought, mission accomplished. Because it's going to give them what? A respect for that generation that fought for our liberty and give them an appreciation that our country was founded on godly principles. So powerful. So powerful. You know, and I want to say thank you as, you know, anytime God puts something in your heart, the importance of sticking with it. 
and following it through um, because it truly can make a difference in so many people's life and probably more than you even realize. And you're already seeing the great impact. I know you've already mentioned your book, For Their Honor. Um, I know this will be a blessing to so many people. I want to encourage them to get that, especially if this is something that's really near and dear to your heart. So many people in our, in our world today, um, you know, we're desperate to see people stand for faith. For, for prayers to be prayed. We need prayer, you know, like never before, and be able to reflect um, on some of our past presidents of how in times of trouble, times of war, we always went to prayer. There were times of prayer and fasting that was called. That's right. And so it's, uh, it's so good to see this, and I hope when you get the chance to go to Washington that you'll be able to go by and see this memorial as well. It's really fantastic. It is, and I want to ask you just to speak. You mentioned some of the uh, stories uh, that are in the book, and um, it, we also know that there aren't a whole lot more from that generation, and uh, this uh, world war <laughs> that uh, really had an effect not only on the future of our country, but really what's happening uh, across the world, and now we're seeing uh, things like what's happening in Israel and Palestine, we're seeing Russia and Ukraine, and we're seeing these conflicts happen and people uh, serving uh, their countries, um, not just here in the U.S. Of course, we're celebrating this weekend U.S. veterans, but share with us um, uh, some of those uh, stories that you had to, uh, the opportunity to connect with these people that really have made an impact that is still affecting us uh, today. Those that may not have even been alive back at that time, but their service and, and their willingness to serve made an impact. You know, that's a great point, Tom, because these veterans, uh, when they concluded that war, that world conflict at the time, uh, God gave them a covenant of peace. We haven't been at world war since that time. And since the time that many of them, these men are living into their late 90s and into their hundreds, hundreds. In fact, there was a group of veterans. They were all 100 plus, and they were in pretty good health. You and I should be of that good of health. And they were down there for an observance uh, back last December on uh, Pearl Harbor Day. They came in from San Antonio, Texas, and there was like 15 of them. And they're all at the century marker above, and they were in good, you know, uh, spirits and actually in good consciousness of their minds and being able to converse with us. So that's that's amazing thing. But to hear their stories of how God uh, was with them even during the war, there was one story of Ed Cottrell uh, here in Ohio. He was at an event and shared that uh, his plane was hit by German anti-aircraft, and there was the German Messerschmitts that were coming behind him, and uh, he was trying to get back to England, but his, his aircraft was just limping along, and they came behind him like they're going to take him out, and he said, this is it. But they both came along each side of his wing and looked at him and gave him the okay sign and peeled off, and he got home safe. He said, I got out of that aircraft, and I knelt down and kissed the ground. That was the mercy of God. So there's great stories in the book about that, uh, just some tremendous stories of how um, God really worked in the lives of these veterans. There's another gentleman um, that uh, he was uh, in England on the celebration of the end of the war. He happened to have a pass, and uh, he was down in London. It was on VE Day, you know, the great celebration. The war in Europe is over, right? And he said it was coming towards the end of the day, and he was at a bus stop with a, a lady and with her child, and they both sat there as twilight came and the lights came on. She began to weep because the lights had been off through the entire war because of bombing raids. And he began to weep too because what it meant was it was a time of peace. They didn't have to worry about bodies coming home, bombs dropping, 
And so it was a time of peace. And so God gave them that covenant of peace. And so we need to pray that this current generation, younger generation, learn from that generation because they have a mighty word to say to us because we are facing conflicts right now around the world and we do need to be in prayer. Wow. So powerful. And again, in your book, and you can get it on Amazon, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. So many great stories, and you're going to be able to hear this uh, great story of how this was added there in Washington. And Chris, before we end our time together, you're doing some also some incredible things, uh, not only here in Ohio, but in other places around this country. And uh, just give us a little update of who uh, Alliance of America is, Christian Alliance of America. Well, that's right. Well, part of what you've heard today, you know, we, we support our American values and our Christian heritage and our input in this cult culture. You know, uh, pastors have said, well, I don't want to politicize the pulpit, but I think Christians should be involved in our culture. And I agree with that. In fact, we, we just went through an election here in Ohio, and a lot of pastors took the podium and they shared their thoughts about the election here in Ohio. And I like that they took the ownership of the issue, right? And they said, win or lose, we're going to stand our ground. And so the Christian Alliance of America, that's who we are. We stand on a set of principles of what we believe about uh, our God and, and basically for our country, God and country. And we're going to believe that and we're going to hold that ground. So if the current culture goes down, we're at least going to be the last witness. But I don't think so. I think, um, you know, what this, this network does, it's a testament that there is, God is speaking to a whole new generation. And there's about to be awakening among these young people. And I'm excited to see that. Yes, yes, I agree with that. Amen, amen. Well, I really enjoyed being the guest of uh, Judge Brown and Tom Nolan on TCT. But we want to close out today's program with the prayer of FDR. And we hope that you'll pick up the book again at our website at ohioca.org. Let's take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. My fellow Americans, last night when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. And so, in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings, their road will be long and hard. For the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come with rushing speed, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. They will be sore tried by night and by day, without rest, until the victory is won. The darkness will be rent by noise and flame, 
Men's souls will be shaken with the violences of war. For these men are lately drawn from the ways of peace. They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise and tolerance and goodwill among all thy people. They yearn but for the end of battle, for their return to the haven of home. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, thy heroic servants, into thy kingdom. And for us at home, fathers, mothers, children, wives, sisters, and brothers of brave men overseas, whose thoughts and prayers are ever with them, help us, almighty God, to rededicate ourselves in renewed faith in thee in this hour of great sacrifice. Many people have urged that I call the nation into a single day of special prayer. But because the road is long and the desire is great, I ask that our people devote themselves in a continuance of prayer. As we rise to each new day, and again when each day is spent, let words of prayer be on our lips, invoking thy help to our efforts. Give us strength to strengthen our daily tasks, to redouble the contributions we make in the physical and the material support of our armed forces. And let our hearts be stout to wait out the long travel to bear sorrows that may come, to impart our courage unto our sons, wheresoever they may be. And, O oh Lord, give us faith. Give us faith in thee, faith in our sons, faith in each other, faith in our united crusade. Let not the keenness of our spirit ever be dulled. Let not the impacts of temporary events, of temporal matters of but fleeting moment, let not these deter us in our unconquerable purpose. With thy blessing we shall prevail over the unholy forces of our enemy. Help us to conquer the apostles of greed and racial arrogances. Lead us to the saving of our country. And with our sister nations into a world unity that will spell a sure peace. A peace invulnerable to the schemings of unworthy men. And a peace that will let all men live in freedom, reaping the just rewards 
of their honest toil. Thy will be done, Almighty God. Amen. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.